I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. And with us today, we've got the doctor. Aloha. We've got sound guy, Tom. Check one, two, check one, two. Not really sure where producer Joe is. He's at home in his AC, enjoying <laughs> the dinner that was made for us. <laughs> right, right. These are my guesses. Nice. That's, that's good. But happy Father's Day to him. Happy Father's Day to you gentlemen. And happy Father's Day to everyone out there. In honor of fathers everywhere, we welcome back to the show, Talent's dad, Bubba. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Good to have you back. Welcome back, Bubba. Excited to have you here. Yeah. Welcome, Bubba. Thanks. We've been looking forward to this, a new segment since you were here last June, Beers with Bubba. And that is coming up soon. <laughs> I like that alliteration, right. too. There's some good alliteration there. Yeah. And we're friends who love good beer and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. And I was going to say that today we are now a very magnetic podcast with great 5G uh, reception based on the fact that we are all now vaccinated. Woo. But then I, I tried to stick stuff, and I'm not very magnetic, so I feel like I might have got a placebo and did not get the superhero effects that come with the vaccine. So I'm a little disappointed on that part. It's probably because of the chip. Oh, that's a good point. It is probably because of the chip. <laughs> like you needed more superhero stuff. That's right. That's right. Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night, and lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, California, beer mecca within a beer mecca. Please pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us. And of course, find and follow us on social media at I Like Beer the Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I Like Beer the Po one and I Like Beer the Ta one on Twitter. And make sure to like, follow, subscribe, give five stars, comment, whatever you do. Check out our website, learn more about us, I Like Beer the Podcast.com. Hey, you know who my, my newest follower on um, Untapped? Oscar. Oh, very cool. Listener, friend, yeah. a book club member. Yeah, Oscar. So remember, I, I don't want to say anything, Jeff, but Oscar's been following me. We've been friends for a long time. <laughs> you, you told so, me that some time ago. Yeah, yeah. Probably so about last September. So yeah, I've it's been, been waiting. Wild. Thank yeah, you, I've been Oscar. With Oscar for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, as uh, Jeff just pointed out, don't forget you can virtually drink and toast with us on Untap. Easy to find. Look for us all under I Like Beer the podcast. What are we drinking? Well, we were we have some awesome gift beers sent to us from Seattle. Amanda um, up in Seattle sent us some beers. Uh, Jeff at large collected us some small batch releases from Alesmith. Uh, Ryan Wolt sent me home with some beer the other day. None of those are we enjoying <laughs> because we got our in-person show canceled. So I've saved, I've stashed them away and saved them for next week or whenever we do finally get together. So that's a great question. What are you drinking, Doc? You know, I, I in honor of Father's Day, I pulled out a beer that my father-in-law likes a lot. It's the, uh, the old Shiner Bach there. So I'm having a couple Shiner Bachs. I, I, I drank about, uh, I don't know, 20 or 30 of those this weekend. <laughs> That's what I figured. I was, at a, I was at a concert and you could get buckets of them. And we went through a lot of buckets. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and what are you drinking, Talent? Uh, so I went, and again, in honor of Father's Day, I, I went with a lager. Uh, and this one is just called the, the Lager by Santan Brewing Company, Arizona style. I figure that's a good dad beer. Tom, what do you bring out today? Well, I was going back to church trying to catch up to you guys, and I pulled out Bitterroot's 
Dirt Church that you guys talked about when I was away on a boat last time. This is pretty tasty. Honestly, this, uh, I, I give this one a four. Has it cleared so, up at all? Because uh, <laughs> it looks like dirt when you drink it, which is, we talked about that. It, 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 it does have that dark color to it. I will give you that, but uh, it's, it's pretty tasty. I, I'm enjoying this. So uh, thanks to Firefighter Joe. And Ron, what do you have? Well, I'm just going with some uh, simple stuff. I got a Pacifico right here. That's a good beer. I've got some harder stuff in the fridge, but weeknights, I just am in the habit of just maybe having a beer or so. You're retired every day Saturday. <laughs> Pacifico works good for me. Nice and cold. All right. So Bubba, what's what's the harder stuff? Well, we got some, uh, my neighbor, I don't know if you've met Dave. I think he did a podcast with you yeah, guys. Yeah, he's been on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So my neighbor is, uh, you know, one of the uh, co-owners of Epic Brewing. So he's always slipping me different things. And uh, I've got some of that Badlands. Uh, what was that, Jeff? It was the Badlands. Uh, was it the Bad Baptiste? Yeah, the Bad Baptiste. Yeah. Or Bad Baptist, whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah I would have pulled stuff. that out, but it's a, it's a quart bottle, basically. Yeah, and they're, that's they're, the way they yeah. sell them. And they're usually and, uh, like 11 or 12%. So, so I, I, like that. I like that stuff. He's a great neighbor to have because he's always bringing stuff over. Oh, I got three cases, four cases. I need to get rid of some beer. Okay. Jeff's always, as soon as I, as soon as I give Jeff a call, he's, he comes and visits. I never see him otherwise, you know? Yeah. You know, you know, Bubba, I think, I think the, the, the value of your home doubled. If, 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 someone, if someone goes to look at your house, say, look, we've got a brewer, an owner yeah. of a brewery that lives next door, hooks you up yeah, with free right. beer. In fact, that's when right. I, whenever I move, I'm going to look, I'm going to ask the realtor, Hey, I want to live next door to someone who owns a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be a, can you, can you find me that? <laughs> Home brewer, at least. And he's a great, and he's a great guy yeah. too. Yeah. He's a great yeah. guy on top of it. Yeah. And I've got a, from a brand new Vista brewery, Piston Pete's. I don't think any of us nice. have, have no. been to Piston Pete's yet. It's over there by Aztec Brewing. My dad's go-to beer was Lucky Lager. This is their Lady Luck Light Lager. Nice. Which is hard to say now that I've tried to say it out loud especially after four of them. Lady Luck Light Lager, they judge their, or they rank their beers by their viscosity. And this one wow. weighs in at a zero weight 15. Nice. Say, say uh, the name of that beer four times fast. Go. I don't, I don't think I can. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think I can. So uh, this is their their light lager. Not as bubbly as I expected from a craft lager. It's, it's tasty. That corn and rice comes through the graininess comes through when it pours it's like perfectly clear and then it comes out that nice straw color but didn't have all the the bubbliness i thought a, a lager would have and has a sweetness instead of that kind of dry crisp snap at the end but solid i gave a 3.75 my first beer from them but you know it's a light lager what am i expecting that's right <laughs> sounds like a visit is in order though i i think so things have changed a lot you know my my dad's of course your dad's my age, but my dad, his two uh, favorite beers were Hams and Olympia. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever remember Hams, the, uh, the the land of sky blue water. Yeah. Yeah. The beer refreshing. <laughs> this beer is definitely a callback to that style of beer. That's what they're going for, which yeah. they nailed it. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all have a beer in hand. It's time for toast. Roast. Pour one out.
And Tom, I think you have a toast near and dear to our hearts. I do. And I have to thank my mom, MB, for passing this one along. This one has some family history tied to it, and I'll get to that during the story. And not a surprise, this will take a couple minutes to explain. So oh. uh, sit back and relax, boys. All right, clock started. So, well, it's finally happening, gents. After almost 11 years, count them, 11 years in development with fits and starts and false starts in several possible locations, the historic Carlsbad Raceway Monument Project will officially finally be announced with an unveiling of the monument's design at its permanent home in Vista, overlooking the Carlsbad Raceway on Tuesday, June 22nd at 1 o'clock. Ironically, Jeff, June 22nd is also the same day that American and, oh, by the way, San Diego local, Marty Motes became the first American to beat the Europeans and win the U.S. Grand Prix of Motocross at Carlsbad Raceway in 1980. Moats' victory was aired on ABC's Wide World of Sports. The 1,300-square-foot monument will highlight all the activities that went on at the Carlsbad Raceway, including all kinds of various motorcycle racing, drag sports, car racing, and skateboard park. You guys remember the skateboard park, right, guys? That's the only thing I ever did there was the skateboard park. Oh, and the fishing, when they turned it into a fishing, when skateboarding kind of got a little dangerous, so they turned one of the <laughs> one of the bowls, they, they stocked it with fish, and you'd go fish there. <laughs> right. Those are the two things I did. I never went to the raceway. Yeah. And it's also going to tell the story of how the park was started back in 64 with Larry Grismer and Sandy Belland, who purchased the property in 1961. The public will have the opportunity to purchase engraved bricks as pavers with their family's names on them, and the company-sponsored features will also be available. So the, one of the family ties to this one is that my grandparents were one of the original partial owners of the property, along with Larry Grismer and Sandy, Sandy Belland. So, mm. yeah. And, oh, by the way, I met Evil Knievel. Well, oh, I, I was eight months old, but I met Evil Knievel. <laughs> God, talk about bearing the lead. Yeah, that was that's the most important. <laughs> Here's how you part start of the story, yeah. Tom. Yeah. Well, you guys know that I met Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Did you get his autograph, Tom? My my mom and dad did. Yes, and there's a photo somewhere in a photo album with me and Evil Knievel. So, but uh, I, anyway. Wait, wait, you kind of resemble Evil Knievel. A little bit. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, here's the story. Eight months old, huh? Whoa. Where did, where, did he, where did he sign the autograph? That's what we want to know. Right. Did you get a tattoo of it? You need to talk yes. to your mother about no, no tattoos. No the time tattoos. she spent with evil. She didn't call it she she didn't call him evil though. She called him Lovey. <laughs> <laughs> normally, 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 there's always a possibility of that, gentlemen. But you guys know my yeah, dad. That, no, the resemblance is yes, scary. I agree. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. I agree. That's true. That's no true. doubt. No doubt. Darn, would have been a good story. Anyway, the project came to fruition after filmmaker Todd Huffman released his film about Marty Motes, One Day of Magic, in his documentary film about the Carlsbad USGP 1980. The film was released in 2010, and here's another family tie. Somewhat coming full circle, my mom and dad hosted the Marty Motes film documentary in the theater downtown there. You guys remember the theater? A theater that was purchased by my grandparents in 1961. So the family ties continue. So basically what we're learning from Tom is with his family's acumen for real estate investments, Tom's a multimillionaire. 
Yes. So which which explains why are we sitting around a table together? Enormous swaths of of land in Carlsbad, California, on the yeah. beach. Yeah. <laughs> you Including, got me, guys. Yeah. You finally got me after all these years. You got me. So. Anyway, Huffman and the Most Brothers uh, began brainstorming the idea for a permanent monument in Encinitas. Uh, I'm sorry, with Encinitas resident Scott Cox. And after 10 years of trying to work through the various sites in the city of Carlsbad, the project found a home at the Keystone Innovation Industrial Park in Vista, overlooking the raceway property in the northeast section of the property. The great thing about that, gentlemen, is that it's right next to Epic and Dog Lake Breweries. So a good place for us beer drinkers. The project will be owned and managed by Road to Recovery Foundation in Encinitas, whose mission is to help AMA licensed motocross and supercross professionals and action sports athletes with financial assistance after sustaining career-ending injuries. So all for a good cause. Again, the, the event will be uh, next Tuesday, the 22nd at 1 p.m. So hats off to them for finally getting that project done. And a lot of memories there for many of us around this North County area, including all of us. So all of us. Cheer, cheers to the Carlsbad Raceway Monument. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. Yeah, I think it shows you. Don't give up on your dreams. That's Dreamers, true. you put in the time, you put in the effort, you spend the money needed to be spent, you find the relationships. In 11 years, you can have a monument and an industrial center in the town next door to the place you're memorializing. <laughs> well, but is, don't give up on hope, it. Hopes never die. Funny you say that. That's my roast for the night. I'm oh, roasting no. the city of Carlsbad. <laughs> there Come you on. go. How could you not host yes. a monument for a place like Carlsbad I'm, Raceway? All those years, leg- legendary performances. I'm sure they did a cost Evil analysis Knievel of it. Evil Knievel making babies. Yeah, decided it was not worth it for them. They couldn't make enough tax revenue off it for Carlsbad. They said, let Vista have it. Well, <laughs> I wonder if they. I wonder if they had the same lawyer as the Chargers. Uh, The rationale rationale would be is to maintain the golf course that no one hardly ever plays on. (laughs) Which one is that one? Yeah, and it's in red because they didn't have the money to pay for the monument. But they they built it anyway, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I just jumped ahead to the, the roast there, guys. So roast Carlsbad. That's all right. We got it all done at one time. Yeah, we got it all done. I'm done. I feel better. That was our own own little one day of magic, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Talent, you have a long list under toast, which is not your style at all. Yeah, but they're quick hitters because I honestly, like I said, I was, uh, I I had a great time. I went to Texas this last weekend. Primarily went to go see live music, hang out with my son. And we saw, I saw like five different shows over the course of like three days. It was awesome and uh, drank a lot of beer. And, and just had a really good time. So, but coming back home, uh, you know, I said, I need a couple of toasts. So I'm toasting summer cause it's here. I'm toasting California cause we're open and I'm toasting fathers cause of father's day. So there you go. That's my toast. Nice. Nice. He's making up for my time. <laughs> <laughs> Spread right through that one. There you go. And we're off to roast. So Tom, we got your roast in city of Carlsbad roasted. I'm going to roast a whole country then. Nice. It's been a while. <laughs> Canada. Easy target. Easy target. I see your city and raise you a country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Canadians who, you know, for the most part have the good common sense to, to look south across the border, recognize our insanity here in the US of A, and then avoid most such nonsense, but not anymore. 
Canadians have joined the gender reveal catastrophe party that we've been throwing here for the last three years or so. Oh, no. Yep. Alberta couple used explosives to reveal the gender of their new bundle of joy, which uh, that little stunt started a wildfire, which burnt down a few acres. And so here's my roast. Canada, that's our thing. Yeah. Stay in your lane. You only burnt down a few acres. No one died and only a few acres burned yeah. down. Yeah. No, 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 no. Canada, that's our thing. We do it bigger. We do and it better. better. Yeah. And by bigger and better, I mean dumber and more deadly. Yeah. Stay in your lane, Canada. That sounds like a new shirt. Dumber and deadly, the American way. <laughs> I don't know. I just... <laughs> there, there's a fantastic quote. Yeah. If we had the time, I have it written down here somewhere by Billy Connolly, the actor about America. <laughs> I didn't know this was coming, but I have it at hand. I can't say it in a Scottish accent like he does, but just one of the many reasons I love Americans, they are willing to take a reality and make it, if not bigger and better than dumber and trashier. Nice. <laughs> and I mean that in a good way, Billy Connolly. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> what do you got for us on Rose Talent? Um, so again, I was taking a look and I saw a couple of these stories. So I said, just, I decided to bundle them. I'm doing a bundle, a bundle <laughs> roast today. Um, and then I added real quickly, I am roasting us cause we should be sitting around a table and we aren't. So I will start off by roasting close to home, but my bundle is I'm roasting skydivers. It's been a rough week for skydivers and especially skydivers around soccer matches. Uh, so first of all, the euros are going right now. First time a, a protester tried to parachute in the France-Germany match, got caught up in the, the high wires there and ended up knocking a bunch of debris over, injured a bunch of people in the stands. Uh, he was apparently um, he on his parachute. He had like kick out oil and he was trying to protest for Greenpeace. But I think his message got lost a little bit as he ended up sending many people to the hospital. So that was not a good one. And then a better story I thought was pretty funny was there was a game in Poland's fifth tier so that should tell you something about the level of soccer in poland that they have five levels of professional soccer there they're they're big fans there this was a game between olympia elbog and pisa primavera barsco and a skydiver landed in the midfield circle right in the middle of the game so i unplanned and not really sure why or whatever apparently everybody handled it really well players got out of the way announcer just basically started laughing and then I thought the referee had the best response because the referee walked up to the parachutist and gave him a yellow card uh, for interrupting play. Uh, just a so yellow. Skydivers. So just it's been a, a yellow. Just a yellow. Uh, just it was only yellow. his first offense. It was his first offense. First offense. offense. So it's been a rough week for skydivers. Um, so I want to roast those guys. You guys got to do a little better job. <laughs> and that takes us to pours. I'm already sad about your pour here, talent. And yeah. I don't even I don't even have context for it. I just All see right. the word. You want to uh, go for too. it? I'll just yeah. do it. So, yeah. So I'm pouring one out for burritos. And I know we've uh -oh. all been there. We've all had a bad burrito experience in our past. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, we, I, you just say bad burrito experience and everybody just kind of goes, yeah, I know. But uh, this one might take the cake. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Shelby Houlihan is a the U.S. record holder in both the 1500 meters and the 5000 meters. That's track and field for those of you that don't follow the sport once every four years. Uh, that's about how often I follow track and field. Anyway, she recently tested positive for the banned substance Nandrolone and is banned for four years. And the Olympics are coming up. So that was a bit of a problem. Um, so she is appealing and she says that, hey, that positive taste came from contaminated meat in a burrito. She said she mm. had a tainted pork burrito and that's the blame. It's not her fault. And she will be cleared of all wrongdoings because she would never do anything inappropriate or wrong. So, again... 
Bad burritos, they're out there. I think now this becomes our number one go-to excuse, right? You're having a bad day at school. You don't want to go to work. Hey, guys, I had a bad burrito last night. Bad burrito. Bad burrito. So I think that's, Yeah. Technology's not working. Bad burrito. Um, you just, that's it. So bad burritos, it's all the burritos' faults. It just has, say, if anything, anything goes wrong in your life from now on, just say you had a bad burrito and life will move on. You know, I don't think that we as a culture need any more ways to make excuses for our bad behavior. But, okay. But I, that doesn't mean I won't use it. Yeah. No, I mean, you can't, it's, it's always, you know, it's much better than I was drunk or <laughs> drugs or yeah. whatever else is. I just had a bad burrito last night. It was rough. I'm going to pour one out for a whole country. Mm. I roasted a country. I might as well pour one out for a country and a continent and a continent. So, so we went from a city to a country to a continent. Yeah. Yeah. You can't stop me. I'm having a bad day. Bad burrito. I I woke up happy and my dreams were crushed and I'm taking it out on Australia. (laughs) And I actually want Doc's input on this because I'm very curious about this. Maybe Doc's actually studied this a little bit. Swarm of wild ravenous mice have plagued the southern part of Australia. Millions of rabid rodents are running. That's hard to say. Rabid rabid rodents running rampant. I should have thought about that before I wrote that down. Through croplands, towns, they're eating everything. They're getting into crops. They're getting into food storage. They're going into grocery stores. They're getting into homes. They're chewing up electrical lines and shutting whole towns down. Uh, After a night, when they come out at night, the roads are are full of dead mice in the morning. People are getting bitten in their beds. Water supplies for entire towns are becoming polluted from mouse excrement. Roofs and attics are becoming breeding grounds for thousands of mice per single home. And they can't figure out any way to cull the swarm. Uh, The traps are being overloaded. They're out of traps and all the traps they have are being overloaded. Uh, to give you an idea, one farmer caught 7,500 mice in one oh, night oh, oh in a water trap. So they're just, wow. they really are just swarming in. Uh, they can't poison them because that, because of the, all the damage that's going to do to local animal life uh, that feed on the dead mice. And so they're looking for answers. And I think their agricultural minister, his name's Adam Marshall, he has the idea. He just needs the science to catch up with his vision. And he says, I'm going to quote here. Not an Australian accent. We need something that's super strength, the equivalent of napalm. And we need <laughs> to just blast these mice into oblivion. So I figure if the mice don't get them, Agent Orange will. So bye-bye, Australia. Australia, yeah. You know, it's fine. Just when you think it's, hey, maybe I want to go visit Australia. Another thing comes so. up from Australia. I mean, they have <laughs> deadly snakes, deadly, you know, what box jellyfish. Like there's just, just tons of different ways to die in Australia. So what do you so what do you do, Doc? You're the yeah, environmentalist, you know. You, you, you know, you get a lot of snakes. That's what I'm saying. Don't they have those brown <laughs> snakes there? Don't you just release brown, like venomous brown snakes everywhere? Now Australia has a history of that, don't they? Let's bring in a foreign uh right, let's animal. Bring in a, let's bring in a frog to eat the the, the grasshoppers. There <laughs> yeah. you go. No, I don't see them getting out of this. No, have you so. seen those videos? It's crazy. Just like mice swarming. It's oh, it's nasty. Yeah, it's it is nasty. Burritos. That is the solution. <laughs> bad burritos. Just, bad burritos. Bad burritos. No, that's I the think. last thing they need to do is oh. have these mice on Nandrolone, whatever oh, okay. Nandrolone is. I, I, I don't suppose know what it, it makes them bigger, faster, and stronger. That's right. You're probably, probably a good point. Oh, I did actually. I did when I was doing more reading on it. The only thing that's that in some way culling the herd down is uh, because the mice eat up all the food. 
they turn on each other and eat their weak. Oh my, they're that's young. even better. That's even better. <laughs> I forgot about that part. It's like, it's like the zombie mice apocalypse. <laughs> yes, it is. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, cheers. <laughs> this has been Toast, Roast, and Pour One Out. Ron, affectionately known as Bubba, we have been talking about this segment for a year since you joined us last June and quite frankly sort of stole the show. Vic was also on, but he didn't, and frankly, steal the show. But you did. <laughs> Vic did a good he was, job. He was a that's rookie. Right. He was right. a rookie. Yes. He's a rookie dad. Yeah. He wasn't even a dad at that point. Yeah. He was a dad in waiting. Yeah. Bubba saw oh, his, his moment to shine, and he went for it. And it's taken a long time to get back to it. But this is something we hope is a recurring segment. Beers with Bubba. Beer, 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 Bubba, beer, beer, beer. Oh, when we get together, just me and all the lads. Everyone remembers all the fun we've had. Sounds fantastic. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, I feel like it's an honor that you guys would invite me back to include me in your enterprise here. I've seen all you guys, the three of you, grow up. Uh, of course, Doc hasn't grown up yet. That's exactly but, right. Uh, <laughs> right. Nailed but, it. But, but I mean, yeah, I mean, this, you guys are family. You guys are family. And it's just, it makes me feel so special that you would include me in this and ask me to participate. And of course, beers with Bubba requires another beer. True. That's true. Mm, true. True. Now, I'm going to stick with my lucky lady luck light lager. Because I bought a six pack to share tonight, and I'm taking them all down. <laughs> You're probably already like three quarters of the way there, if not I fully got there. Two left. There you go. What about, so, you, so, what about your night class? That's right. <laughs> School's out. Hey Jeff, so does that make the beer a lucky lady? Uh, lady, like oh, it has a great quote on the can. By the way, I'm glad you brought that up, Tom. She didn't work on it, and she's not driving it. But if she isn't there, it's all over. Piston Pete. Who's got a new beer? Talent, what do you got? So I actually drank a, a I guess if we call it a halftime beer. I guess you got uh, to so, bring a cooler. Yes. I haven't learned the uh, protocol. You have a yeah. cooler right here. I have to run I have to run to the refrigerator. No, no. It, I actually now, since it's summertime, a cooler just moved in. I carry a cooler at all times now. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm it's doing a fanny a little, pack cooler. Yes. It's a, yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah. it's unita or whatever this uh so i I already finished my mango golden spike which i love that beer that's really good and uh speaking of that tomorrow i'm uh i'm flavor i have a wheat beer that i've been brewing for it's uh, i've been fermenting about 14 days i'm i'm putting some mango on it tomorrow hope to share it with you guys around july 4th um and then i actually have i've upgraded my uh brewing capabilities so i can do two batches at the same time so i'm also going to be doing a a honey ale tomorrow as well so i'm hoping to unveil two kegs at uh at a beer at at fourth of july so you guys uh second follow-up question then yeah i'm asking for todd Uh, any of your neighbors moving (laughs) <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but anyway, so my beer, back to the original question. I'm now doing the Unita Baba Black Lager. Um, so I'm sticking with my lager theme. And I really like black lager. This is really good. Oh, it's it's, really it's like super flavorful. And it's got a, a nice some kind of a smoky taste to it as well. It's it's really good. Oh, I didn't have that. I love a black lager. I think we should have black lager night and make it Johnny Cash yeah. night. I agree. I think that is the man in black. No, this is a uh, really good. I, I actually really, I like it a lot better than the, the original lager I had. Uh, Cause it's definitely got a lot more flavor to it. 
And um, like I said, it's got kind of that, you can see the, the roasted malts, they, that's kind of got that smoky fl- roasted flavor to it. So it's really tasty. Yeah, I have an update on Lady Luck. My fourth can I poured is quite bubbly. <laughs> so I don't know what's up with that. They, they might be having say. some carbonation issues at this point. <laughs> Who else has a new beer? Well, speaking of smoky, I have a Kettle House cold smoke that uh, Firefighter Joe brought back. So thanks again, Firefighter Joe. This was an oldie but goodie. He brought this to us before, gents. I remember that. And uh, yeah, it still tastes awesome. So Scottish But this is Hale, a new Jim. delivery. This isn't leftover. This is from- a new delivery. Oh, no, okay, this, is, this has not been roasting <laughs> for a year. No, this is a brand new delivery. So sometimes thanks, you find those Joe. in the very back of the fridge. You're like, hmm. Yep. Well, let's try it. No. Why not? Doc, what do you have there? You know, I'm now enjoying, after a couple of Shiner Box, a uh, Up the Coast from Santa Barbara, Figaro Mountain, a Red Lager, their Danish Red. That's a good one. Very good That's beer. A real good one. So, Ron, what I did there is I stalled so you could go to the fridge. <laughs> I, have to, I need to go to the fridge. I've been, I've been watching you guys. So <laughs> We have beers with Bubba. Bubba doesn't have a beer. Give me, give me a minute. I'm going to the fridge. <laughs> Rookie. Yeah, well. We love him, but he's still learning. Yeah, still learning. We did get him on. Uh, we figured out the tech stuff in record time because I remember last June we really struggled. But what was our? Uh, I think we got him in in under fifty-two minutes today. Yeah, it was good. I, I'm going to say that's not a roast. That's a toast for that Tom is a toast. and his. Tom, you are exceptionally patient in helping someone yeah. through a technology. Actually, I meant to do that on my toast, is I was going to toast Tom for his which ability is, to walk people through technology. Which online. is exactly like every IT person we've ever worked with. Isn't it talent, Todd? I mean, patient, Actually, thoughtful, considerate, that we don't no, don't treat me like an idiot, walk me through it. I'm, just as a common thing with IT guys, I guess. I feel like my common experience with IT guys is, did you, did you turn it, is it turned on? Uh, <laughs> did you unplug it? Are you an idiot? Those are kind of what the, the steps that go through on that part of it. I, I don't know. I, I, I was thought, being I fatuous, talent, Jeffrey. I, I thought talent was doing a pretty good job there. He was coaching him along and then, you know, he was doing pretty well. But it didn't work. So I, what is I, that? I, I can be I, patient too if I don't have to get any results. That's right. You got results, Tom. This is what my, uh, you know, my, it's good to have my neighbor. He gives me a <laughs> Epic Brewing. It's the rare release. Yeah. It's the Big Bad Pab- Baptiste Chocolate Peanut Butter Cup. Well, that's such a good oh, beer. And it's only one, it's only one, one pint, six fluid ounces. Yeah. Here's to you guys. <laughs> Cheers. Ace yourself. We have a list of topics here, Bubba. Yes. We want I'm to have your it. hot take on these topics. Alrighty. Let's see where you go. And I, I'm guessing okay. the doc is going to have an opinion or two as well. Uh, having having known him as well as I do. Topic number one, LeBron James and the Lakers. Give me your hot take. Well, first of all, I'm a hardcore Lakers fan. I've followed them since they moved to L.A. when even when I was in high school. And uh, the Lakers uh, had a tough season with injuries. Uh, the injury to – the early on injury to Anthony Davis – kind of took them out of their rhythm. I thought LeBron stepped up big time and was, he was really on an MVP trajectory. However, when he suffered his ankle injury, and I think his ankle injury was a lot more serious than we all thought it was because it it showed in the playoffs, he was not a hundred percent. So I'm a LeBron fan. I fear he's been playing for 18 years and he has been a focal point of the NBA 
in those 18 years in terms of his achievements and what have you. He's he's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, he's got a big ego to match it, you know, matches his matches uh, his. But but he but he produces. Figure this is the first time that he's lost on a team in the first round of the playoffs. The disappointing thing is that I I prefer a franchise that builds its core of players through the draft and gives them time to uh, mature, but everybody wants instant gratification now. So you bring in the two superstars and then you surround them with good talent, but uh, then they're focusing on the superstars, uh, feeding them the ball and stuff. And if the superstars get injured, like happened to the Lakers this year, you're out in the first round. And paid a lot for it. Yeah. But I have a lot of respect for LeBron. I mean, he, he is very intelligent, very articulate. He's very loyal. And, hey, you know, he's had an incredible career in life to this point. You know, uh, I, he's going to be 36. or He is 36, going to be going on 37. He's, he's going to start slowing down a little bit. But I hope he can give another two or three years and then he'll go out gracefully, you know. So greatest Laker of all time and favorite Laker of all time. Let me, I'm going to reword that question. Because, no, he's not the greatest Laker of all time. Uh, I want your take on that, but I'm going to reword it because when we were coming yeah. back on our road trip from Utah, uh, we stopped off for gas at, at a place in Vegas and there was a guy in line in front of me and he had a face tattoo of the number of each Laker great. So maybe that's the way I should ask it. Wow. You got that's, two cheeks. Yeah. In your opinion, greatest Laker of all time. Favorite Laker all time. Who's going on your cheeks there, Bubba? Boy, you know you, you can't go back to the uh, the Minnesota Lakers. That's before. Why not? You know, there's Mike. There's George Mikan and and those because that was before I I followed. That's before the NBA went. You know, started going ballistic. My favorite Laker of all time is uh, Magic Johnson. He he's the guy that made things. He made it happen, and he made Showtime. Reality. He he made he made uh, the NBA what it is today. I think he was one of the strongest contributors. Another one of my favorites of all time was Jerry West. Jerry West was a fantastic player, uh, and they always kept came came up short against the Celtics, but not because of his lack of play. His his uh, average, I think, is one of the best in in playoff history. You know, in the NBA, and then you got you know you got you got Kobe. And you got Shaq, and you got, you know, you got uh, Kareem, and it just goes on and on, you know. But but my favorite, and probably on both cheeks, is Magic. Magic, magic <laughs> is like the it. one. Doc, is yeah. he correct? It's, you know, that was the most fun to watch. Showtime was fun to watch. But as far as individual talent, for me, it's hard to beat Kobe. Yeah. What I think is amazing to me, though, like, and again, now we're a sports podcast, but that's okay, uh, is look at the list of players that the Lakers have had. I, I would go on record as actually saying is that I don't know that there's been an NBA franchise. Maybe the Celtics. They would be the only one that would be close that could compare in terms of the list of greats because you're not even naming guys like James Worthy, um, you know, in, in terms of Will you think about that. Yeah, Will Chamberlain's yeah. not even on there. I mean, these these are some of the greatest players ever. Um, they, that, that list on the Lakers is extremely long and it would be very difficult to pick one or two, but I agree with you. And you know what? I think that the thing to, to back up the docs there, the more and more stuff that I see and watch and coming out on Kobe, I just get more and more impressed with Kobe too as well. Yeah. Well, Kobe, Kobe was there. 
Yeah. My favorite is Magic. I, I, honestly, I will. But I, I, I don't know. As an individual player, if you pick, picked one guy, it might have to be Kobe Bryant. Kobe was clutch. Who he do you was want, clutch. Who do you want shooting your last shot of the game? Yeah. But Magic was pretty clutch, too. Well, you know, Kobe was clutch. And uh, I agree with that. But also, you got to remember, too, that Magic got his career cut short a few years. Yeah. Right. And there was a lot more left in him to do. But, but yeah, Kobe, Kobe was right there in uh, – uh, but there, there were different players, different yeah. players. Right. Magic made the whole team hum. Kobe was, uh, uh, you know, he was the more uh, into himself and uh, um, the, the better one-on-one. But Magic, he made everything happen to, for everybody. And so, you know, I, that's the kind of basketball I like because it's the, it's the most fun to watch. Right. And it generally, it generally is the most successful. It's hard to picture Magic playing without him smiling, isn't it? Yes. Right. Yes. It's hard to yeah. picture Kobe smiling. Yeah, but but that's that yeah. that that competitiveness spirit right. in him was it just the intensity. He's a throwback player. Yeah, I mean, I think yes, for, I think Kobe was a guy that would have flourished. That's the thing that's interesting right now. If you have a lot of guys nowadays, would they have flourished back then with how much harder the NBA was in a ways because it was right. They the, were they the weren't going to be so much more physical. Physical, right? And and just I think they they, they weren't going to put up with the diva niche that you, that they kind of put. I don't even know if that's a word, but but they wouldn't have put up with a lot of stuff that gets put up with that. I think it's Kobe's a guy that could. There you go. Kobe's a guy that would have thrived and and, and thrived and, on. It, he would have yeah. thrived back then as well. What's called a flagrant foul today? I mean, guys just got. They, they might not even have called it back then. Cold call. No, they wouldn't have been called. They, yeah. That was just a normal hit. I mean, it was a normal, you know, so uh, definitely uh, you, it's hard to compare apples to apples because it isn't apples to apples because of the change in the game. Mm -hmm. But those two guys were, they were phenomenal. Phenomenal. Talent, you want to keep this sports related for the next topic? Yeah, we can we can touch on this real quickly because we actually we watched a game most recently. We actually watched the U.S. men's national team win the Nations League Cup together. So the question here is, we're talking about the U.S. men's national soccer team. Will it ever be anything? We're, we're a big soccer podcast here, so <laughs> I uh, I was very impressed with the the heart and grit that the American team showed against Mexico in their win. The thing that uh, came to light to me was how young the team is and with that kind of talent pool if it's you know if if they nurture it properly they should be phenomenal in the you know in the next world cup and then in the next one after that they could be a real contender you know uh it is interesting that we haven't been able to put out a team that is really super competitive like some of the European teams over the years. But I think we have a lot more distractions here in this country to, to, and that's part of the problem. But I like what I saw in the Mexico game. That was uh, impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that, you know, you hear that, that thrown around a lot. I've been watching a lot of the euros and stuff and they're talking about Belgium's golden generation. I think we have a golden generation right now that is, is beginning to come of age. And I would bet you like in the next eight years are going to be probably pretty solid for, for, for us soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, are they correct? I think so. I mean, I watched the, the U S Mexico game too. And, and I agree with, with Bubba that there was a lot of heart. There was a lot of grit out there on the field. Um, they go down real early 
I mean, real early. In the first minute. First minute. I mean, that's just a backbreaker right there. But they kept their composure for the most part. They kept battling and they kept battling. And um, they made some great substitutions. Everybody contributed. Not everybody had a great night as a team, but it seemed like everybody had each other's backs. You know, and you hadn't seen that in recent years with regards to the team. So, and the fact that, like Ron said, they're young, I, I think there's a lot of potential here, but it's one of those things where they have to play together and they have to be a collective team effort. Um, I think Pulisic playing over in Europe at the level that he's playing at is obviously going to be a great leader, but he's also a very humble person too, from what I can see. And so I think that's going to play well into him being a, a, a strong uh, lead by example player versus lead by what I tell you player. Uh, I, I'm optimistic. I'm, you know, missing the World Cup. The last go around was was obviously, you know, a big, big disappointment to everybody here. Uh, but I'm very hopeful that not only will they make the World Cup uh, qualifiers, but, you know, go deep, you know, at least to the round of 16, if not eight. So that's my two cents. Sorry, gentlemen. Soccer is freaking boring. <laughs> a, a whole game and you got one score. You want him to score. Here's my take. Right? You've heard this before. You bring in midget goalies. All right. If, <laughs> if, if no one is if no one is scored by like halftime, either your, your goalies either got to be a midget or no arms. Your choice. There I you think go. It's that would little make, person that would make is the game. preferred number. Yeah, little, the little person, yeah, is what we like to try. Okay. Generally, generally that take on soccer generally reflects a lack of understanding of the game, of the nuances of the game, number one. Your nuances. And then, and then that, that, that corresponds to basically the IQ challenging of the my, my, challenging uh, expressing, that, expressing that opinion. So, uh, you know, <laughs> all, I, all I know is it was that if you watch that game, that Mexico US game, it was extremely exciting and fun to watch. And it was so great for me to go back and just have some bragging rights for a couple of days. Because most <laughs> of the time, my students heckle me nonstop about Mexico beating the US every time we play. So I, I rode that way for as long as I could. And it was great. Um, so that was fun. And the fact that they had the makeup call by the referee for the penalty in the yeah, end. Yeah, no, it was great. Choked. It was, was great. A, that was got, a fa- that, I, I love that. I love that new that rule awesome. where they can go review. You know, so but yeah, little known yeah. fact to listeners: we are also a, a stocked with legendary uh, soccer coaches from the San Diego area on this podcast. <laughs> Not something we usually get into, but it is true. Yeah. Uh, new topic. Get out of the sports world here for a second. What's your hot take on paying full price? If you can avoid it, do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I always am looking for the bargain. Uh, sometimes you got to pay full price. And if uh, if you want it bad enough, it's important enough, then you pay pay the price if you can't beat the price. But uh, I'm always looking for the uh, bargain price on a, an item. It's amazing what you can save with a little bit of uh, patience and a little bit of shopping. Yeah, why pay full price if you can pay... 20% less or 40% less or 50% less. I mean, it's a no brainer. Tell me something you're never paying full price for. I'm never paying full price for. You're never paying full price for what, Bubba? You, you couldn't sleep at night if you did. I'm never paying. Well, there's nothing that I can't, I, that's going to keep me from sleeping at night if I had to pay full price. 
Um, that's not what we hear. <laughs> not what the kids are saying. Uh, really? That's that's the word on the that's the word on the street. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of scary. I read that. I try never to pay full price for gas, which is kind of silly because when you figure it out, sometimes five cents a gallon over, say, if you're putting in. 15 gallons is going to be what, uh, 70, 75 cents, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's just something about it. And it's like, you know, why pay this guy here when you got it? But I don't go out of my way. It's like, fortunately we have a Costco within a mile of our house. So that works pretty well, but I also have a diesel van. And so there's no bargains on diesel around here. So you just, you just go and fill it. And fortunately for the van, I don't drive it that much. So, you know, if I fill it, it'll last three months. So that's <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> yeah. So, Ron, you've been around the block a few times. You ever paid for sex? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're still... You're still hurting from the, uh, the, the soccer. Uh, Dude, no, I'm uh, just trying to spot huh? some, you know, the listeners have been listening to soccer talk. We just want to know. Ron, <laughs> listen, listeners want to know. You've been around the block. Have you ever paid yeah. full price for sex? <laughs> no. You never pull, pay full price. <laughs> As we all you know, know we, you pay. I, pay, always, pay. I always give a discount for, for my sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it was even free. Nice. <laughs> so on that note, this is a related topic. DIY. Your quick thoughts on paying someone to do something you could damn well do yourself. That's the same thing. Sex. You can do yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that entire question was a setup for Doc's joke. We can move on. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Doc. I <laughs> uh oh, yeah. Sometimes it's it's worth paying someone to do it and pay the, pay the price. And in particular, with mechanics, or uh, in terms of uh, if something that's just so difficult or takes a lot of expertise on on a home, you pay that person for their expertise. But I also have been over my whole life one that does tries to do most of the things uh, myself learn how to do them, and then you know how to do it in the future if you have to. And, of course, with the Internet, that's made us all good mechanics and experts. And it makes you actually make that, you know, intelligent decision whether, nah, this is too much for me to do. I'm going to take it in and pay the price. So, yeah, pay somebody to do it. I basically go, is my house going to blow up or am I going to die? If the answer is no, then I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it a go. If if the answer is yes, yeah, then we're going to hire someone. That's what your son has taught me. The YouTube has made me an expert. He's a chip off the old block. He's just like I was when I was younger. Oh, and man. I'm still still that way, but it's a little bit harder for me to do some of the things. But I'm still not, you know, I'm still not quite Wait. there. But I but yeah. He's, he's way bigger than just a chip. <laughs> yes. 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 That, that is true. Way bigger than a chip. <laughs> but but he but he is like father like son. I will yeah, give you that. He's a he's a good he's a good good man. All right, I'll pay you after the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> you got it, bud. You got it. And Bubba, lastly, it's summer started. People are, are making their plans with their families. Uh, you're an old pro. Give us your family road trip pro tips. Well, Number one, if you have to drive through L.A., <laughs> you're either going to leave at three in the morning uh, during the week or 
you're better off to leave on a Saturday morning early, leave at seven, six or seven, and you'll blow right through LA and you'll be over the grapevine or you'll be heading up the one-on-one north and you won't be fighting the traffic as much. So that's a, that's a biggie. So it's just that simple. Your entire family is ready to go at 3 a.m. That's right. That's not that simple. That's the problem. If you, if you see, we've been doing it for quite a number of years where it's just us and it works quite well because we have a place up in Washington and uh, we know how to get up there and, you know, we get up there and we make our, we know how to time leaving and stuff. But when you add one vehicle or you add two more vehicles, then you have a problem because usually somebody's late, somebody's, somebody's, there's somebody didn't get gas. And then you have to make the stops on the way. So then it's much more difficult. But uh, you know what you do? You just just plan around it. You either leave early or you leave later and you just deal with the traffic and fight through. The biggest thing that is negative is fighting through L.A. (laughs) Getting through L.A. to get to anywhere else in the world is the the most difficult part. After you are through L.A., everything opens up and life is good. So that's, that's the biggest thing. Most important thing. I will say this as, as a, someone who has been on many road trips back in the day, we would just, he would, me and my brother would just sleep in the car. So we didn't have to get us out and they would just drive. And then you wake up and like, Oh, we're already through LA. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That was always, that's always been it in for, for 50 years, you know, 60 years, you know, now when we were in LA, it was a lot easier. Because we were already in the valley, so we just shoot out and we could beat that traffic. But uh, and the other thing I would say though, when you talk about family road trips, do as many family road trips as you can, because there's nothing better. There's nothing better. You're going to have those memories. You're going to have that closeness with your family. It's the best of the best, and you do as many of them as you can. That's 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 definitely a plus. But in this day and age. Take away their cell phones. <laughs> I don't know about that's yeah. tough because then you're going to have yeah. kids pouting the whole time. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. all right. That's that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. forget the chargers. I, mean, I can remember. I can remember you when go. you know. I can remember. Yeah, I can still remember. Uh, no, when when the kids were young. I mean, this is when Jeff and and, and Ryan were like you know five years old and three years old, and we're driving up out of the valley and we're driving out and we have a van. We're pulling a boat to go water skiing at this lake and we're loaded for bear. We're not even wearing seatbelts because seatbelts weren't what were seatbelts. We didn't use them. The kids are in the back of the van. They're sleeping and romping around back there. If we got an accident, it would have could have been a, just a major catastrophe, but it, it always seemed to work. Of course, there was a lot less traffic then, but the, still the potential for, for uh, uh, you know, a catastrophe was was there, but we didn't know better, and uh, it was great. I mean, I'm sure they remember it. it was great being in the back of the van. They were re- reading their books or doing whatever, and we're in the front, and you know, and it was just yeah, it was the way it was. So yeah, family road trips are the best, are the best of everything. Agreed, Bubba. Thank you for your insights and wisdom. This has been. Beers with Bubba. Here's to you guys. Thanks. Doc, I understand you have a Father's Day gift for everyone. Oh, do I? 
<laughs> oh no. What? <laughs> Phone calls with Bubba. <laughs> Welcome to Beer or Not a Beer. Bubba, in honor of you, this is dedicated to you. Beer or Not a Beer. Do you know how this works, Bubba? No. I'm going to name four beers. Three are real beers. Three are real Bubba beers. One is a fake Bubba beer that I pulled out of my sphincter while I was thinking of you. All right. Here we go. Whoa. So, here we go. So, Bubba, which beer is not the beer? Are you ready? I, I okay. Beer number one is Bubba's Tea Bags. It's a pale <laughs> ale. Beer number two is Back Up Your Bubba. It's a brown. Back up your Bubba. Beer number three, Bubble and Bubba's Buzzin' Brew. It's a golden ale. And beer number four is Old Bubba Hubbard. All right, <laughs> that that is a Hefeweizen. Okay, one, one more time. One more time, Bubba. Bubbless tea bags. Back up your Bubba. Bubbling Bubba's buzzing brew. And old Bubba Hubbard. Old Bubba Hubbard. Spit it out. Which okay. is not a beer. Bubba, which is not a beer? I'm not an expert on this, but I uh, my would be the uh, Bubba's tea bags. Bubba's tea bags. You're not an expert on tea bagging? <laughs> no. I, I'm knowledge. I'm knowledgeable about teabagging, but uh, okay. I, 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 yeah, okay. but I, I, uh, I, 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 I'll, 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 I'll back off. Okay, on that good plan. Okay, good plan. All right. Okay, <laughs> Tom, which beer is not a beer? I'm gonna go with Old Bubba Hubbard. Old Bubba Hubbard. All right, influencer Jeff. I want to make sure one of us gets this right. You've skunked us a few times lately. I'm going to go with um, Bubbling Bubba's, number three. Bubbling Buzz's, Bubbling Bubba's Buzzing <laughs> Brew. All right. And talent. You know Bubba you know the what? best. Uh, well, I don't know Bubba Beer's the best, though, so that's the difference. Um, I know which I want to pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Back Up Your Bubba, so that way one of us wins. One of us Back gets it right. I like it. Brown. All right. Okay. Well, here we go. Beer number one. Bubba's Tea Bags is really a beer. It's a pale okay. ale by Broken Goblet Brewing. Interesting. All right. We're going to go. We're going to start going back to the, the end. Beer number four, Old Bubba Hubbard. It actually is a Hefeweizen by Van Diamond Brewing. <laughs> we are now down to Back Up Your Bubba Brown or Bubbling Bubba's Buzz and Brew. Well, Bubbling Bubba's Buzz and Brew is really a golden ale by Northwoods Brew Good Pub. Job, talent. And talent. Got it. Back up your Bubba Yay. Brown is the beer I made up. All right, I'm back on the well scoreboard. Back on the scoreboard. Well done. There you go, Bubba. That is for you. You're too dang good at this. We, I don't. I feel like unless we split the difference on all of them, we have zero chance anymore, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another edition of Beer or Not a Bubba Beer. Join us next time. See y'all. Doctor, thank you as always. Bubba, happy Father's Day, and thank you for spending it with us. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Listeners, thank you for spending the hour with us. Make sure you share our podcast and check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We'd love to keep drinking, but right now, we got to run. 
Sober driver, B double E double R U N, beer run. 